is the thing that gives me the pleasure, but really we're the ones feeling it in our bodies and the sensation is happening in our bodies. And when we rest into that, knowing that, wait a minute, pleasure is first and foremost for me. And wait a minute, I'm the one accountable for my pleasure. Ooh, that really changes everything like that. Just that simple understanding can be such a huge catalyst into your sexual journey. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Azaria Menezes, also known as the Pussy Fairy, is a successful sex and relationship coach that works with women, mom, and couples to bust through their sexual or emotional blocks so they can feel turned on, ecstatic, and orgasmic in and out of the bedroom. Azaria is fueled by a passion for supporting women and couples to be their authentic selves during intimacy and in their relationships so there's way more room for pleasure, connection, and desire. She loves supporting her clients to reignite that spark back into their sexuality or relationship so they have the capacity to fall more in love with themselves or each other. Azaria has been featured in Cosmopolitan multiple times, both online and print. Mind Body Green, Thrive Global, Kinkly, Giddy, Yahoo, Jack and Jill Adult, multiple podcasts, and has hosted workshops at universities. She also hosts a podcast called Getting Intimate, where she brings practical tips to invite more pleasure into your body, your relationships, and your sex life. If you're loving this podcast, Dear Midlife, please don't forget to subscribe or share this episode with a friend. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Azaria Menezes, the Pussy Fairy. We are so excited about today's topic, everyone. And we are ecstatic that you are joining us to have this conversation, this little private conversation with your three best girlfriends, Shelby, Trinity, and Azaria, the Pussy Fairy. What? Welcome, Azaria. (laughs) We are so excited. And I know that Shelby and I have been talking about this. We have so many questions and so much that we want to dive into today with you. As we have uh, journeyed into midlife and our bodies are changing and our relationship statuses are changing and our thoughts around sex and how we own sex at, in midlife, those things are changing. We decided we needed you, girl. We need you to come here and talk to Please us. Help. We are Pussy Fairy and let us dive in 
no pun intended, <laughs> or <laughs> into all things pussy. Okay, so Azaria, we would love to start um, with you. Just give us a little bit about your background. How how did the pussy fairy get born? Where did this come from? And how did you come to be you little angelic creature? You. <laughs> uh, I love this question. I get it so much, and my answer is so simple. I love pussy. <laughs> <laughs> When I just really started to get into my own sexual empowerment and my own sexual liberation, I just like love to share all the magic with everyone. And it just felt like I was sprinkling all of this like juicy pussy magic everywhere and sharing all the like pussy tips and all of the things. And then the pussy fairy just stuck with me. So here I yes. am sprinkling some pussy magic everywhere I go. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So I heard you say that you had a journey and you kind of had this awakening. So what was the catalyst that allowed you to have this awakening? Mm, yes, so powerful. So for a lot of catalysts, sometimes there's a very similar story that a lot of us carry, which is unfortunately trauma, right? Mm. And for me, it was trying to navigate what it feels like to actually thrive in the bedroom mm -hmm. after experiencing sexual abuse in childhood mm -hmm. and um, like late teenage years. And so I wanted to just stop feeling so disconnected, so hollow, so just like empty after each sex that I had, right? It was like, oh, like, why is everyone even about this? what's, or is everyone just faking it? Like, I feel like it's fake. Right. <laughs> I feel like this is just, everyone's just like making up some really weird shit. So I felt like I wanted to be a little bit curious though, cause we're not just going to write it off. <laughs> cause if there's more women speaking about it, we have yeah. to get curious about it. Amen. And so, so, with this so true. Journey, yeah. In this healing journey that I was like, let's, let's see what this is all about. What does it mean to deeply connect to sex? And of course therapy and sacred sexuality and time and commitment and practice were those things that lots really of practice. Lots of practice, right? Like it takes time to get embodied and it takes time to, to heal and it takes time to explore and get curious, mm -hmm. but we're in it for the long haul, right? Like we're in it for the journey and it just keeps getting better and better and better. And so here I am still on my journey and there's it. always more room and space for more orgasms and more pleasure, right? Oh, like Always. Yeah. <laughs> So Absolutely. let's start there. Like, tell us some of the things that you did or some of the steps that you took to actually start to heal and move into what I would call kind of your, your sexual power or your sexual energy or your sexual awakening. What are the things that you actually did to heal? And how did you even recognize that you needed to heal? Because I know that many of us are in this space. We talk about it in so many of our, our episodes in different ways, right? Whether it's related to work or family or growing up, it seems like everything keeps pointing back to trauma that we need to heal. I'd love to hear how we can do that in this sexual space. Mm, I love that question. And thank you for asking that. I think deep inside me, no, there's a part of us that's just like unhappy with how the things are happening. And it just like, it just doesn't feel 
good. Mm -hmm. Of course, our nervous systems can be such a great barometer in showing us where there is maybe trauma. So if we're just like super activated all the time or we're in flight or freeze, right? Those are kind of some of the little little noticings that can come up when it's like, oh, maybe there's something there. In terms of sexuality and sexual healing for me was like, I either disconnected from sex or I just felt extremely empty after the sex I had. And I felt like I approached sex as a way to emotionally connect. But when I didn't get the thing that I was looking to get, because it wasn't going to happen either way. Right. It felt, I felt so unworthy and I felt deeply, deeply ashamed. And I felt so much sadness after every sexual encounter. And I was like, there has to be something else here. Right. And just understanding that it, it felt really hard for me to actually express what I wanted in the bedroom or go the complete opposite way of like completely take charge, but more on a performative kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. You felt oh, like you had to don the leather and the whips, yeah. even if it wasn't there. Yeah. It was just and it just wasn't, level of it wasn't feeling good. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, I'll just have sex with you, even though I'm not in the mood, but I'll just like pretend. Right. And it was, it was so performative and that's, that's where it just didn't feel good in my body. When I, when I tapped right. into my body, the thing that I was disconnecting from, right. It was like, I just, it just didn't feel great. And I think that is a really powerful indicator is like checking in with our bodies. Right. And this is the place that we start as well is like recognizing first and foremost, your pleasure is for you. And then whoever else that you want to invite into that second. Right. And so much of the time we, we make our pleasure. Like we give this, this beautiful, amazing, incredible sensation that we feel in our body we just like hand it over to the other person and then, or the other thing, or if it's a vibrator or shower head or right. whatever, right? whatever. Like, Fill in the blank. this is the thing that gives me the pleasure, but really we're the ones feeling it in our bodies and the sensation is happening in our bodies. And when we rest into that, knowing that, wait a minute, pleasure is first and foremost for me. And wait a minute, I'm the one accountable for my pleasure Ooh, that really changes everything like that. Just that simple understanding can be such a huge catalyst into your sexual journey. I completely agree. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's where a lot of women actually really get stuck is understanding that you hold the power. You can find it within. And so my question to you is, it sounds like you took some baby steps along the way in your healing. So what were some of those very first steps that you took? Then how do you then in turn engage with others in a healthy and productive way? Yeah. For me, it was just following my curiosity in terms of what made me feel really good and what felt really pleasurable. So looking at things that really interest you, maybe you're like, you're interested in sacred sexuality. That's like a really beautiful place to start because it's the principles of honoring your body, honoring your sexuality, right? Slowing things down. Uh, Self-pleasure was one of those things that I really, really, really had to redefine for myself and my healing journey. I was like, oh, what if I chose to feel my self-pleasuring experience as something healing, right? Rather than like, okay, we're just going to get off in the shower, which is like, okay, we're, we're not making that wrong. Cause that's like, that's how we start your days here. So, 
but creating intentional time to mm -hmm. self-pleasure. And at the time, I didn't really know a lot about uh, these sexual practices, but I would just repeat affirmations to myself as I self-pleasured. So like my sexuality is sacred and my body is beautiful and I am a vessel for sacred sexuality to just flow through, right? Like all of these affirmations, because when you're in your pleasure, right, you're you're almost like letting go of that like conscious mind stuff that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Because like all of our beliefs and all of our emotions and all of our stories that we have about ourselves when we're in self-pleasure, mm -hmm. it kind of gives them an opportunity to fall away, right? So it's almost like you're kind of like brainwashing yourself <laughs> in no, the best in a, way. In right? a good way, right? right? So way. many of us were taught, um, I mean, we were just taught wrong thinking, yeah. in this space that number one self-pleasuring is is bad it's something to be hidden that yeah. we hide we hide away and if someone were to say do you masturbate no not me are you kidding you know we hide it we it, in our culture has become this thing of shame so yeah taking that power back and and telling yourself those words that's absolutely incredible so that was one of the first steps that you took give yeah. us one more Hmm. Yes. So this one was so hard for me. So simple, but I feel like it's really hard for a lot of women out there who haven't done this. Looking at my pussy in the mirror. Oh my what? goodness. <laughs> like I, in the beginning, it was just so cringy. Like I was, I was okay with how she looked, but just the, the experiences and the memories and everything that was just associated with it. Like we, we, we weren't like a team at that point. She was just like, mm -mm, mm -mm. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing your part. I don't know. <laughs> because even after the trauma had happened, I was in a space where I was self-abandoning. Right. And so within that, I was self-abandoning my own needs and my desires. And I wasn't listening to pussy. I wasn't honoring how much time she needed to like get wet and like super plump and all juicy. Right. Cause that can take up to 40 minutes. So let's just put that in there for a second. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, we're just going to go right in it dry preferably. And we're just going to like push our way through it, it out. pretend we like it. And maybe we do a little bit, but like, it's not really given the vibes that we want. Wow. And Lucy's just like, um, excuse me. <laughs> Has anyone checked in with me in the last few years or not? Do you so, even know what I look like anymore? Right. <laughs> So when I practiced um, just gazing at my pussy and looking at my pussy, there was all of these things that came up and it was like, whoa, there's a lot of shit to unpack here. <laughs> and yeah. that was just, you know, an understanding of, okay, this is just the beginning of my journey. And we're going to, we're going to meet this with so much compassion and so much self-love, right? Because when, when we notice these thoughts, maybe we have thoughts of disgust, or maybe we just like want to change something, or maybe we just want to like you know, form it in the way we want. Yeah. Sometimes what happens is we then jump into the space of shame and self-judgment. And then we just go in a completely different <laughs> direction than we intended. Right. So it's really just creating space for all of those, all of those pieces that don't really feel that great. And just sitting with them and noticing them. Right. And just creating space for understanding and so much compassion of like, yeah, I don't really feel that great right now. And also, what is it that looks great about my pussy? What is it that I love about pussy? What is it that feels like, mm, 
I like that feeling or I like the way that looks. I love my hair, right? So Mm -hmm. just finding little ways that you can connect with pussy and your own body, right? Because so much of the time it's like most women connect with pussy when either A, something's up, like, do we have a yeast infection or like, (laughs) (laughs) or when we are having sex, yeah, smothering the loop on, like getting a little, like, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. or on our cycles. So there's really not a lot of in between there. Right. And so if pussy's just feeling like, oh, you're just going to call on me to either call me out or when you need me, I feel like this isn't going to work. So we're just going to keep it dry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we're going to keep all the juicy sensations because I feel like you're not even appreciating me. And hence the pussy fairy was born. (laughs) Hence she was born and took over the world. It's funny. This brings to mind something that is, and this might sound crazy to you guys. So are you, either of you familiar with the Ho'opono? Yes. It's, it's kind of a, I won't call it an affirmation, but it's like a a healing mantra that if you see a situation or anything that comes our way, that essentially we own it and that we have power to change that situation. And there've been some remarkable things, some stories that I've heard, and it's just a simple uh, mantra that starts out with, um, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. Thank Mm. you. And repeating this and visualizing said situation, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, thank you. This is something I've done in my healing journey with the little girl in me, but damn it, if I don't feel like I need to look my pussy in the mirror and do the whole opona ono, I am sorry, girl, I love you, please forgive me and thank you. Like there's a lot of healing that needs to take place there. That connection is so powerful, Azaria. Thank you for bringing that to us. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. And in fact, I've actually used that exact meditation on pussy and it's, oh, tears. It's so, so powerful because it's, it's something that we can so easily disconnect from. It's like our pussies are weirdly enough, that thing that's like, Ooh, okay. We can cut connection off in one second here. Right. Because it's kind of like just floating around. And then when, when it's time, then you're like, okay. Or when pussy just gives you a ping, like, I like that. <laughs> we like, like this oh one. yeah. Yes. <laughs> kind of wipe off the cobwebs. Catalog this one. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you're, you're so right. And I think that our society has almost conditioned us to be disconnected. I think maybe it's part of the shame. Maybe it's part of the trauma. Maybe it's part of this masculinely dominated society. Exactly. So my question then to you is how has this self-love that you have come to know evolved your approach in the way that you go into a relationship and how does that look now? Mm, Yes. The level of self-love I had for myself dictated the relationships I got in, hands down. Like there is no other (laughs) mirror. Now, it doesn't mean that, of course, you can't find incredible relationships if you don't have a lot of self-love because like that's fake, first of all, but it can definitely dictate how you feel around your worthiness and your deservingness and around the receiving and around the surrender when it comes to intimacy the sex life and just how you feel around yourself and your body, right? How you show up in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So self-love is like the holy grail of 
every, like everything, sexual healing, right? Like body stuff, mental health, your emotional well-being. It's all so deeply rooted in self-love. And you don't have to be perfect at self-love to actually, you know, find all of this pleasure in your sex life and have the most amazing relationship and have the orgasms, right? It's just committing to the process and the practice and know that it will expand over time. And you might not even notice that your self-love is growing, but the more you show up in the small, small, small daily actions, right? It's like, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself today, Mm -hmm. right? And just say that every day, just in one way. It's so, so, so simple. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, we talk a lot about self-love, but I think that it, it can easily be confused with, you know, oh, I took a bath today. That was self-love yeah. or I took, you know, and we're afraid to go deeper. Um, and I find that for me, you know, I'm, I'm finding at the age that I'm at now, my level of self-love is, is directly related to my level of self-confidence and self-worth. And that's directly related to what I will and what I will not allow to happen in my life, which, although we're on a dry spell, everyone, hint, hint, wink, wink, which is directly related to what I will and will not accept or expect in the bedroom, right? So for me personally, I know for Shelby, we're both divorced middle-aged women. I know many of you out there are divorced and we went through this, our marriages, not saying and proclaiming, this is what we want. This is who I am. This is what I need. This is what pleasures me. A, because we either didn't know or B, because it's just, we were taught that it was an uncomfortable thing to say. It's too alpha. You're too much. You're too this if you do that. And now we're in this space as single women at 40 plus and 50 plus. And I'm like, I don't have time to waste and pussyfoot around with y'all. And you're thinking it's all good and it's not, it's no more good. I need, I need to get this right. You might be my last guy that I'm ever with. (laughs) Let's get this shit together. How do we do that? How do we start to have those conversations in the bedroom Mm. Um, or maybe they happen outside of the bedroom. I don't know. Cause obviously I'm still not having them. How do we have these conversations to say, this is what I need. This is what works for me and my pussy. And here's, w- here's where I want to go with this. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. Cause it can just feel hella awkward to just hella talk awkward. about it. Like, yes. let's, just, let's just talk about that for a moment. It can feel so awkward, even just the initiating and then like having that conversation and the fears of like, okay, are we going to ruin the mood? How are they going to receive this? Yes. Like, what are we coming to the expectations with? Right. And I think that it really starts with understanding your own body first so that you can really get comfortable articulating what it is that you want and what it is that feels good, right? Because sometimes we come into it and there's this expectation on the other person to I kind mean, of figure it out for us. <laughs> right. right. And then we're like, mm, 
Nah, oh <laughs> but I don't know what I like. Let's keep trying. Right. <laughs> and then it's like hard to have that conversation because you don't want to be like, Ooh, I, I don't want to make you feel like you're wrong or I don't want to reject you or I, right. Like, so then there, there's yeah. other Which is tied to that toxic masculinity that Shelby was talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the power of just understanding what it is that you like and just taking some time, like take some time to figure out what, what kind of strokes do I like? Like, how does fuzzy mm-hmm. like to be touched? Because it changes all the time. It changes all the time what she likes, right? So the more we get to experience our bodies in our own time and just like get really curious on what it is that we do like, the easier it is to articulate it. Now, if you don't have time for that, <laughs> and you're just about to have like a hot date. Right. <laughs> we are in the moment, honey. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, shit, I listened to this podcast way too late. And now I have to go touch myself. I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) This person is here. And what are we going to do? It could be really, really fucking powerful to, first of all, use this as an opportunity to change the trajectory of how you even start relationships, of how you even start these conversations. Because when we're single and we meet a new person, this is like a new opportunity to like try the new versions <laughs> of what you want and what you're claiming for yourself out, right? Because the person doesn't know like how you were before and what things right. you did say and what things you didn't say. But if we get curious on like, ooh, okay, how can I, how can I make this really fun for me? How can I make this a fun experience for us? And how can I be more inclusive of the person in front of me? Because they're just another person wondering the same shit that we are, right? Because they have their own history, they have their own bodies, and like we got to figure out how to navigate the shit together. So why don't we just like create an evening where we just explore each other? Like, does this feel good for me? Do you like that? This is what I've liked in the past. Ooh, maybe if you do it your way, like this could feel really good. Right. And it's, it's a whole different ball game because now you're just exploring and you're creating an experience together and you're creating intimacy and vulnerability by just showing up and saying like, I actually don't know how this is going to be because we just kind of show up pretending like we yeah. know the things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really, how can we? This is a whole other person. <laughs> yes. So true. And, you know, here's the thing that I have found a little bit tricky to navigate in midlife is that you said something that really stood out to me. And that was that what Pussy likes is changing all the time. Hmm. And I find that is really true as we age, like shit don't work like it used to (laughs) and things evolve and some things I get greater pleasure out of and like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. That never (laughs) happened before. And then there are other things that I used to be able to do quite easily and cannot do anymore. Same with the guy's performance too. And those can be tricky and uncomfortable. So how do we navigate those realities in midlife? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great, great question. I think that there's so much pressure and expectation, right? To show up a certain way when we're, because we want to like, we want to impress the other person, right? Yeah. Like It's like a courting and like, mm, like, do we like each other? Like, of course we want to show up in our best thing. But the reality of that is, is the more we just open up to a little bit of that unknown, because really from yesterday and today, 
pussy can like something. And then tomorrow it's going to be a different story because maybe mm-hmm. you're cold or maybe you have your socks on or you have your socks off, <laughs> right? Maybe you're on your cycle. So things change. Be the like, thing. Yeah. It could change from hour to hour, really, depending on your mood, <laughs> even. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So having those conversations of like, hey, I actually don't really know what has, what's changed for me and what feels good, but I'd really, really like to just explore that with you and just see where it takes us. Like, let's see what feels good. Let's see what doesn't. Let's just take the expectation and the pressure off because clearly there's a vibe here and I just want to get to know you. And in this process, I want to get to know how my body works with you. Right. I love that statement. Mm, Yeah. That's a good one. I'd love to get to know how my body works with you. Mm. We're all like, "Mm." (laughs) that's a good one. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's so true. It's so true. Even if we look at relationships on like a macro level, different people bring out different like sides and like parts of ourselves. Right. Yes. Sometimes like the allure, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you meet somebody that's like wild and free and exciting. And you've just been in your like groundhog day routine every day. Like there's going to be something very exciting about them. And it's really just like that part of yourself that like, Ooh, right. Is exciting. And so it's the same thing when we connect with another person and we use our bodies. It's like, what part is going to come alive and how does it feel, right? Because maybe it's a part that I haven't connected with in a really long time. Maybe it's like a totally crazy wild part that I'm ready to unleash and unlock on you. And there is way more possibility than I thought was possible, right? Mm. So it's, we roll the dice. And when we get really comfortable with not trying to control how the dice roll and trying to like, you know, <laughs> roll them in a way that is just going to be perfect. And like, just mm, for us, right? We open up the opportunity to just discover so many things about our body that we may not have known before. That's so interesting. And, you know, you were talking earlier about sacred sex. And for me, I think that really resonates. I found for myself that I'm a person that I, I cannot think of a time that I've orgasmed when I'm with someone that I'm not deeply emotionally connected to. And I'm one of those people that um, sex is not just a physical act for me where I can get off but really there's this emotional piece that has to be there in order for everything to work right. Mm. Um, And, you know, but listening to you and thinking about how does that tie to sacred sex? I do think that there's a sacredness to that because there's a sacredness in that relationship, in that emotional connection. But at the same time, I don't want to give my power or my pleasure away. Mm, by saying you have to be this emotional charge for me or emotional connectivity has to be there. So how do you balance that? Mm -hmm. Or do you balance it or do you just honor it and keep moving forward? Yeah, this is a great question because in the beginning, it's kind of hard to discern what it is. And then you're like halfway through and then you're like, hmm maybe and then by the time like you like you have that like physical contact that's kind of when you can like decide whether this is like feeling good or not and I think a really great question is to actually create more intentional spaciousness 
before you communicate your yeses, right? And just keep checking into your body, right? Because sometimes our pussy and our body are a yes to the experience of getting curious about what this looks like. And you'll notice when your body is a no, right? And that's a beautiful place to set your boundaries. Very well said. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh my goodness. I agree with Trinity that I feel like, you know, sometimes I want that emotional connectivity. And I do hear what you're saying though, too. Sometimes, you know, you really just want to give into that experience. And I think that the really hard part in dating right now in midlife is that I really, I want, I want kind of both things. And so I wonder if you have any advice for our single ladies out there and, you know, how can we set ourselves up holistically for success as we embark on this journey of dating? You know, we've got to get in touch with who we are as a person first, but how do we communicate that to other people? How do we um, find even people that are in alignment with who we are and what we're looking for? And when we start to have these conversations, won't look at us like we're crazy. How do we even seek and find those people because I feel like that's been the hard part for me in midlife is that sometimes I feel like those guys just don't even exist or Mm -hmm. they're not open to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. Yeah. I think this is something that is, that can be really tricky to navigate. And a lot of the times what I recommend is just creating that invitation, right? To just see what happens, like creating an invitation in your communication that you have together and also just getting really badass and fierce about your boundaries, about what it is that you want, what it is that you don't want and getting really clear about that shit like before (laughs) you meet somebody and just like actually like pin it on your wall create a background thing on your phone, like have that list somewhere. Because when we meet people, it's so easy to just get intrigued and get excited and like venture off into the possibilities of like, ooh, what could this look like, right? And now we're just like in this emotional thing. And we actually don't know if it is giving us what we're desiring, right? So getting really clear on your boundaries and noticing When are the moments I am self-abandoning, right? In those boundaries, what are the moments where it's just not really feeling that good, but I'm choosing to move forward anyways. Mm. It's really developing that deep awareness of, ooh, like where is it feeling in alignment and where is it not? And trusting yourself, right? Mm. Number two for that part is, as I said, creating an invitation, like just asking the other person, what are you available for? What's something that feels good for you? What are you not available for, right? Like having those conversations that really invite the other person and gives them an opportunity to also share where they're at, right? And if it's an answer we don't like, we have to make the choice to be like, okay, this is, this is not feeling good for me. And this doesn't feel in alignment for me. And I can let this go. There's plenty more fish in the sea, right? Such mm. good advice. So like the permission slip to just done. like <laughs> say no, right? And we should like make 
there's it. Mentioned slips. <laughs> <laughs> can you read this and sign on the line below? Right. right. <laughs> Before we get started, can you- like preferably a figure eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So funny. That's awesome. So, what about um, you know? And this might be hard. This might be a hard question. I do want to give a little love to our married and fully committed women out there, right? That are maybe in these relationships and they've not been honoring self and honoring pussy. And they maybe are in a space where this conversation is not welcomed or just hasn't been, it hasn't been a line that they've crossed or something they've ventured down. What's a, what's a good good way for them to start mm. to feel comfortable in starting this exploration and and journey and conversation with their partner mm. yeah yeah a beautiful way is to actually just you know get into conversation with your partner and share and ask them like what is it that you love about our sex what is it that really turns you on about our intimacy and what's something that turns you off like oh like what is the thing that you're like mm. I don't know. This isn't like, this isn't giving me that. Right. And when we start these conversations in that way, it's again, it's more of an invitation and a curiosity. And we're not coming from the space of like, I don't really like it when you're doing that. And it just feels like you're not paying attention. And I, right. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's more of a, Hey, you did this thing the other day and I really liked it what would it feel like if we could practice that a little more? Cause I liked how that felt in my body. And it really just like gave me some sensations that I've never felt before. Right. And really just finding ways to invite, invite into the conversation and invite into play and just get curious together. And another thing that I highly recommend if you're in a space of just finding you're not honoring when your yeses and when your noes are is really, again, coming back to asking yourself, hey, if your partner's like, do you want to have sex tonight? And you're actually like not really feeling it and you just want to say no. And maybe you say no. And then that's kind of the end of the conversation yeah. and you never make out again. Um, <laughs> checking in with your body and just wondering like, okay, if I'm a no, what is it that would feel really good for me right now though? Is it like a sensual massage? Is it like some juicy like touches on my neck? Is it a foot massage, right? Mm-hmm. And then asking your partner, hey, I'm not into sex, but I am available for a little shoulder rub if that feels good for you. And if your partner maybe still wants to like get off, you could be like, what, what if it felt good for me to rub your shoulders as you do that? What would, what would feel really supportive for you so that I'm obviously not going over my boundaries, right? Hmm. I think so much of the time what happens is like, they know. And then like, it's, that's it. Like back to back on our phones, watching Netflix. Yeah. No, take care of yourself. <laughs> Goodbye. I love that approach. Yeah. yeah. Cause we're, we're missing out on so many beautiful, beautiful moments. Right. And another thing with this is I hear a lot of clients like, well, I don't really want to say yes to a shoulder rub because we all know what happens after that. shoulder. Rub, right? So like we just avoid it altogether. Like all intimacy is off the table because I just don't want to have to go there and, and, you know, be in a space where I'm just saying yes, even though I don't want to. Right. And so 
it's really beautiful to create intentional moments where there's no expectation for sex. So like, Hey, I'm really craving some physical closeness. Can we set a timer for 15 minutes? Hmm. Let's lay in bed together naked. And I just like want to feel your body and your hands across my body and I'll just caress you. And maybe I'll do that thing that you like with your hair. Right. And then that's it. And so this way we create a sense of safety in sharing what we want. And also that understanding of like, Hey, my boundaries honored here. Right. And it's in, it's an invitation to your partner to participate in this with you. I feel like there's not a lot of opportunities where somebody's going to be like, no, I don't want to lay in bed with you. Like, naked. like, even if you feel a little something going on down there, right. Yeah. The practice of honoring that. And maybe the buildup that happens after that is yeah. like, Ooh, that was yeah. hot. Let's try it again tomorrow. Do it for seven days straight. Tell me. It's on. <laughs> Tell me it's, it's not going to get spicy after that. <laughs> no, but I that's think that's awesome. such a lovely thought because, you know, I think what the reality of our life is like is that as busy people, we work jobs, we have kids, we have yeah. t-ball practice and dinner on the table and baths and all the things mm -hmm. that what happens is that we lose that connectivity with one another. So, and I, and then I feel like sometimes we feel like there's all or none, like there's no mm -hmm. in between. It's yeah. just sex or not sex. <laughs> yes or yeah. no, black and white. And so I like that idea of just finding opportunities for connection, even if it doesn't lead to say intercourse or orgasm or something that's such a monumental occasion. Absolutely. Yeah. The more space we create in our intimacy and in our sex life, the more we get the opportunity to actually like just be ourselves and show up authentically and think like, oh, now I have the space to see if it feels good in my body. Now I have the space to choose. Now I'm in this place of feeling really empowered. And now I can practice my voice. Now I can practice saying yes, practice saying no, right? And it's in the spaciousness that we allow ourselves, right? That permission slip that we give ourselves. It's that's where all the magic lies. It's in the rush where we feel like there's, there's just no time to even connect to our bodies, right? It's yes. in the day-to-day, -day, we're so busy. We don't, we don't take time to check in with our bodies. And it's the same thing with our relationship and our intimacy. Like everything is so routine and like, we know what the other person likes to get there fast enough so that we can right. go on to the next thing that we were doing. Exactly. Right. I'm like, <laughs> cause we have shit to do. What I hear you saying is that it doesn't have to take two hours in this whole process. It can just be 15 minutes. Absolutely. It can together. be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It can be something so slow and so juicy. And the more of those little things you do, right? The more you can build that intimacy. It's the little things that add up mm -hmm. because we all know it's the little things that led to divorce or breakup. Hundred percent. <laughs> all sure. the fucking little things. Of a thousand paper cuts, you know? It's, yes. Yeah, all the exactly. little things. Yeah. So if you had to give us your top three tips for women who are just embarking on this journey, your top three you pussy say? tips, <laughs> pussy protocol. What is your pussy protocol, please? <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Would you yes. recommend Ooh, pussy protocol? So pussy protocol, number one is truly make those decisions from your pussy. Take time to consult with pussy and just practice what that feels like in your body, right? Just connecting with her. 
Number two of pussy protocol, take time to love and learn pussy. Okay. You want to get to know her. She wants to get to know you. And the more you get to know each other, I promise you, the more she's going to give back because she is such a giver and the more pleasure you can have in your life, the juicier it's going to be. Now, last but not least of pussy protocol is really honoring her choices right? Honoring what she's feeling and then just tuning into her, even when you're having sex, even in the relationship, even when you're trying to make a decision, finding a way that you can really honor pussy and give her the space she needs because she's not on anybody's time. She's on her time and she loves to take things slow. She loves to be like flirted with. She loves to be romanced. So like, figure out what romances your pussy, figure out what gets you into your pleasure, right? Whether that's like setting fresh flowers in the bed and you come to your room and you're like, "Mm, I love those flowers. They just, they just make me feel so good. It doesn't have to be sexual, right? It's just something that gets you deeply connected to your pleasure and your pussy. Ah, well said. That is so beautiful. Azaria, the pussy fairy, Tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can connect with you. Tell us what you're reading or what they should be reading. Um, Give us those tidbits. Yeah, so juicy. So you can find me on Instagram at azaria.menezes. But if you want to check out my website, you can just type in azariamenezes.com. But like for anyone who cannot remember that, www.thepussyfairy.com works as well. (laughs) And I have juicy offerings around pussy practice, pussy healing. So just hit me up in my DMs. You know where to find me. And the thing that I'm reading right now, I'm reading so many books right now, but a thing that I love to recommend two things, actually getting the love you want. That's a good one for relationships and Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Like we got to hit those two things up because they're great places to start and beautiful resources in just connecting with your body. Well, we can't thank you enough for sharing your insights, your wisdom, your pussy protocol with us. (laughs) Um, I can tell you my girl down there was speaking to me while we were going through this. Like, yes, these are the things. Are you listening up there? Are you listening? Because I'm talking to you right now. So um, I'm taking this to heart and we want to thank you for spending this time with us. And we hope to have you back on again to continue to share the love and spread the pussy knowledge. Mm, Thank you so much for having me here. It was my pleasure and pussy's pleasure. Let's thank our guest today, Azaria Menezes, the pussy fairy. She left us with some fantastic words of wisdom. Number one, pay attention to the signs. Are there moments when you notice yourself disconnecting or in flight or freeze? Take the time to check in with your body. Number two, your pleasure is first and foremost for you, and you are the one accountable for your pleasure. You get to decide who you want to invite into that space. Number three, pull out the mirror, ladies. Take a look and get familiar with pussy. Number four, use mantras and self-affirmations to heal past trauma. I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. Thank you, repeat. And number five, 
Intimacy with a partner doesn't have to lead to intercourse. Set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes and just do something special in which you both feel connected with one another. Thank you so much, Azaria. Again, if you're enjoying Dear Midlife podcast, please hit subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you'd like to hear. Thank you.